0: Lock us in, load us in, pop in that A track, spin the tape. Here we go. Welcome back everybody to the Star Wars Time Show. This time we're doing the Resistance Recap and it's me, Nick, joined by nobody. Nobody today. Matt's out in Disney World living it up, having a good time with his family, seeing Star Wars land before it's complete. He actually sent me a picture of the behind the scenes look. You can see the black spires and everything going on. Uh, from the park itself, so pretty cool, pretty cool. He's also got some videos up there on his personal channels showing all the cool Star Wars stuff that's going on in Hollywood Studios. If you've been to Disney World, you know what goes down there, so it's a good time. But don't worry, I have you covered for today's Resistance recap for No Escape Part 1. This is the first part of a two-part finale for Star Wars Resistance wrapping up its first season, and I have to say... This episode definitely, I would say, is action-packed, and it prepares you and Kaz for the final, final episode that could perhaps bring us into a a TLJ-type timeline. So, like we do with the Resistance recap here, we're going to kick things off with the Easter eggs and Star Wars franchise references. Towards the back half of the season, we've been getting less and less of these cool little Easter eggs, or references in every episode, the writers are definitely in the swing of the Resistance storyline on its own, and they don't really need to rely too much on outside references from other movies or shows. Uh, we were able to dig up three this week, and uh, they're not great. You know, Matt, Matt is really able to find the, the real key ones here, and since he's on vacation, I did a little bit of digging on my own, tried to come up with some good ones, but we'll see what you guys think about them. So first up, very beginning of the episode Kaz is, is working with Niku he's talking to him trying to figure out exactly what they can do to help the Colossus station and, and, and Kaz is like you know I, I can call my my father he's a senator he, he lives on Hosnian Prime and before Kaz can really get into you know the meat of what he's saying Niku interrupts and he's like whoa whoa Kaz are you having delusions of grandeur now for you hardcore Star Wars fans out there are people who are really into the original trilogy you you will recognize that phrase it's spoken by Han in Return of the Jedi when he gets freed from Carbonite in Jabba's palace he's sitting there and uh you know he says to Chewbacca after Chewbacca kind of explains everything he says you know Luke's a Jedi knight says Chewbacca and then Han says Jedi knight what is everybody having delusions of grandeur? So there you go, number 1, a little reference to Return of the Jedi. Good call out. Number 2, this is a this is probably something that fans uh, could have seen coming for a little bit now. We saw hints of this in the mid-season trailer we're like oh is the colossus submergible is the colossus a ship can the colossus fly we don't know all we know is that the colossus is a refueling station but today well not today in this episode we find out that the colossus does have a hyperdrive which means it is capable of full-on space travel um this is found by by Niku and Kel and Isla. They're they're in the, the inner workings of the ship while Kaz is essentially, you know, leading these troopers on a chase throughout the station in order to try to find any sort of weaponry or what he can to, to try to help liberate all of the in- inhabitants of the Colossus. And, you know, Kel, Isla, and and Niku just come across the the control center for the Colossus, essentially, and they find its hyperdrive. So that is You know, Easter egg, not really. Reference, not really either. It's a little bit of a stretch. Matt calls it a a general Star Wars tech reference. Definitely loosey-goosey on number two. But now we know that there is a hyperdrive uh, outfitted on the Colossus station, and we may be able to see the the Colossus use that hyperdrive in the finale. We'll find out. Uh, Third one, again, not something that's super, super cool or super... Um, you know, in the weeds in terms of references or Easter eggs. But uh, right before General Hux's speech is shown in this episode, a trooper uh, was, uh, they're talking amongst themselves, and one of the troopers calls out and he says, oh, uh, Starkiller Base is now operational. So this is the first time that we've heard mention of Starkiller Base in Star Wars Resistance, and obviously this is a huge reference To the Force Awakens. The entire speech that Hux gives is the speech, the exact speech from Force Awakens, which leads into the eventual destruction of the Hosnian system. Um, So this is, you know, not like, again, it's not really a. A, an in the weeds, like super deep cut reference or an Easter egg, but it is a very clear franchise mention and a very clear mirroring or exact replication of what we see in TFA now here in Resistance. There was one other thing that I wanted to call out. I thought it was kind of cool, um, but it was so small that it's, I don't even know if it's an Easter egg reference, whatever, but um, during one of the scenes, there is a, uh, there's a fight between two troopers and CB-23 and Kaz in a flooded hallway and Kaz is trying to get Niku to evacuate the water in the hallway so he can hold on but all the troopers get flushed out so during this scene the 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 pressurization eventually comes Niku finally finds the button he needs to hit to pressurize the hallway so the troopers are getting sucked out into the water and lo and behold CB-23 in a an ingenious way to try to save Kaz kind of suspends himself against the wall with his little wires that are attached to her, his body and uses his other wire to grab Kaz and, and save him from getting sucked out into the water as well. Um, I thought that this was very similar to what we saw BB eight do in TFA when the Falcon was flipping around when it was under control of, of Ray and Finn, he uses his little, his little, you know, strings or whatever they're the little wires attached to them to like hit the sides of the ship and then not bounce on the ground so I thought that was an interesting little call out as well but not I don't know if we can officially call that an easter egg or a reference I just think that it's a a cool call back to you know the exploits of BB-8 in TFA so those are our three easter eggs and or references If you guys found any more, if you saw this episode and you're like, holy shit, look, this is from ESB or this is from A New Hope or anything like that, feel free to let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter at Star Wars Time. Go to our Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. You'll find us. Um, So, moving into the recap and review part of this episode, I don't want to you know, essentially do a full recap of this. I don't have anybody to bounce any of my ideas off of since Matt's out, so I'm going to kind of give you guys just a quick idea of what this episode encompassed so really this episode was was heavily focused on the action not really advancing any plot in terms of what we can expect to see in the next episode outside of General Hux's speech from TFA being included and seeing the destruction of the Hosnian system at the end Um, that's really the only thing that's going to move the plot along but this is this episode is really kind of heavily focused on Kaz trying to figure out what they're going to do. In the very beginning of the episode, it's him, uh, Tora, and Niku trying to figure out like, well, what can we do? We have all these people we we see in the beginning of the episode, uh, Captain Doza get arrested by Commander Pyre and a cadre of First Order troopers. So they're trying to figure out what they can do. Niku comes up with an idea uh, after hearing, Kaz's half-baked idea of reaching out to and Prime and asking for help from his father. Niku says, well, let's get some weapons. Let's do this ourselves. Let's try to break out our friends. We know that Yeager is captured on station. We now know that Captain Doza is also captured on station. And there are many other Colossus residents that were in captivity on the Colossus. So the plan was just to find a way to get them out. So Kaz goes down to Requisitions... And he tries to find any sort of weaponry that he can there. And he runs into Flicks and Orca while they're hiding away in a storage container hoping to be shipped off of the station. Little did they know nothing is allowed on or off of the station without first order approval and inspection. So they were never going to get off. But it just goes to show you that the mindset of everybody on the Colossus right now is just to hunker down and hope for the best. And the only people that are really trying To do anything, are Kaz and his friends the resistance? The resistance on the Colossus. So after we get down to requisitions, essentially, you 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 get you get into this big chase scene. The whole episode uh, centered around Kaz is really just kind of him running away from First Order troopers who are trying to arrest him. Um, Luckily for Kaz, he he does not get arrested. He, he is obviously able to skirt and avoid all of these um, individual attempts to, to capture him from different troopers, from different people on the station. Um, so he doesn't have to worry about that. But it does end up leading him to the ultimate end of that episode where he sees his home system, Hosnian Prime, and the rest of the planets in the Hosnian system being destroyed. By the weapons uh, blasts from Star Killer Base that we saw in The Force Awakens, so he witnesses that as the troopers are watching it on a giant hollow screen um, on the base. The other big part of this episode is is Agent Tierney and Tam. So in this storyline in this episode, it's really all about Agent Tierney completely convincing Tam that they are the good guys, that her friends, that Yeager, that Kaz, everybody that she worked with uh, on Team Fireball are the bad guys. They lied to her. That's what Tyranny tells her. Tyranny says, they, they lied to you. They, they didn't tell you any of these things. They knew that they were doing these things. They knew what was going on here. And they knew that they worked for the Resistance and nobody told you, which leads, again, is, is, is leading her into this situation where she knows you know, in her mind, she she has this feeling that the First Order is good and now it's being reinforced by Tierney, saying that everybody that you trusted on this station has lied to you now. And then Tierney pushes it even further, saying that, you know, the First Order can offer her a position as a pilot in, in their military. And she knows that Tam has always wanted to to be a, a member of of some sort of flight academy or, or some sort of... You know, flight team. So putting that out there and letting Tam grasp onto that is is really something that that pushed her over the edge. That really made her decide that the the good people here are the first order people, not her friends that she's known for, you know, much longer. Not uh, Yeager, who she's been working with for years. So that is that's really the the two major plot points that are at work here Kaz you know escaping the first order clutches but also witnessing the destruction of his home planet and agent Tierney completely turning Tam over to the first order's side Um, this sets up a very compelling final episode of the season we get to see if there is an eventual confrontation between Tam and Kaz they're both still on station is he going to be able to bring her back into the fold to save her from the clutches of the first order or is there going to be some sort of massive battle massive fight between these two and in one of them you know is is lost forever are they never going to link back up is tam forever going to be with the first order we don't know that's something that we're going to find out in the in the next episode and then we also have the, the lingering in the background of you know the the lives of Captain Doza and Yeager who are now in danger. Um, also the the aces, all of them have been sequestered away on the station. Um, we know that that um, Hype and Aunt Z escaped, but the rest of the aces are still on Colossus Station. So. There's still a contingent of very strong fighters that are on Colossus that could lead to an uprising. If Kaz finds some way to liberate them, to, to get to them, to allow them to fight, it could lead to a very climactic end game for Season 1. Um, and then also we have the, the ability to see if the Colossus is going to take off into hyperspace. We now know that it has hyper, a hyperdrive. We don't know if it's functional. They didn't turn it on. Obviously the Colossus is still submerged mostly underwater. Um, but we could see a, a situation where, you know, if the the resistance on Colossus is able to, you know, somehow get the first order off of the station physically, that they could jump into hyperspace and then get away just before they make it back on the station. It would buy them some time, ultimately would it save their lives. Who knows, but it, it is an option for them to be able to jump into hyperspace. Now that we know that the hyperdrive is there. Um, so again, it's this, uh, this episode was definitely a setup rightly called no escape part one, because part two is definitely going to be where everything comes to a head, where season one is truly going to kind of come to a close. And we'll also see where we're going to be in season two right now. We're about in the middle of The Force Awakens. If you remember uh, when, that, when that attack happened in The Force Awakens on the Hosnian system, that was right when we were on Takadana at Mazkanada's castle. So that's about the midway point of the movie. Um, so we're, we're quickly approaching this, uh, this TLJ timeline. So it's going to be very interesting to see where season one ends, where No Skate Part Two ends, and where we are if and when season two episode one comes around. Are we going to skip TLJ altogether? Because it seems like filling in that time frame between uh, TFA and TLJ is very hard. There's very little time to cover, and then also the events of TFA or TLJ, excuse me. Take place over a very short window of time We're we're working with a matter of hours I believe it was 16 or 18 Hours of fuel That the Resistance fleet had Left in it when they were being chased by The First Order So it's not like you can cover multiple days Or multiple episodes of Resistance Within the time span of TLJ We could very well see a situation Where we go from the end Of Season 1 to What is happening after TLJ a time period where there is a lot of development left to be had. We know that there's at least one year between TLJ and episode nine. Could we see season two of resistance move into that time period? Very interesting. Very good stuff. Good stuff to look forward to in no escape part two. But for now we leave you with our recap and review for part one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Sorry that Matt wasn't here to spice up things, bring in any sort of secondary opinions, but this was a quick hit for you guys. If you found anything in the episode that we missed in terms of Easter eggs or franchise references, let us know. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Did you think it was a good one? Did you think it was middle of the road? Let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're all linked here on StarWarsTime.net so make sure to go click those follow buttons send us any love or hate that you have and uh may the force be with you always